Hello, Cathedral. It's great to see everybody. What an exciting day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm so glad that you're here. All year long, the, the theme for the year is courageous. Courageous. Say that with me. Courageous. That's the big idea for Cathedral in 2020. I found a, a quote by Maya Angelou. She was asked, what's the most important thing your mom taught you? And this is how she answered. She said, I would say she encouraged me to develop courage. The most important lesson she learned from her mom. And that's what we've been doing the last few weeks. We've been encouraging each other to develop courage. Our theme for the year is Courageous. We also have a scripture for the year, and I, I'm going to ask if everybody would stand with me, please, so we can read the word of the Lord together. Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, I pray that you're owning it, that it's not just true for somebody else, but this promise is true for you, amen? So let's read it out loud together, everyone. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen and amen and amen. Let's give God praise for his word. Hallelujah. Now, we've got the theme. We've got a scripture. We even have a song. You know, with Pastor Vaughn doing the heavy lifting, you know, him and I put together a song that you'll be able to access through the app. It's our courageous song for the year. And we even have developed our own cathedral flag. Make sure you, before you leave the campus, you notice the banners that we've hung up around the campus. They'll be up there all year long. On them, you'll see a lion standing up. Now, today, this lion is called the rampant lion. But hundreds of years ago, when it was first designed, it was known as the Lion of Bravery. And that's why we put it on our flag for this year. Because Cathedral, this is our year to be courageous. It's our year to roar. Welcome to the Roaring Twenties. Can somebody say amen to that? And I'll tell you, you know, this, this courageous thing, it's, it's getting contagious. Our Cathedral kids... Uh, you know, Pastor Vaughn and Irene, their son Zion, he sent me a picture, and here he is in full lion of bravery pose. You can see him. Zion the lion, listen to him roar, amen. And then you have even, well, even our adults are picking up on it. I got an email this week from Tommy. Tommy does such a great job week after week. Would you let Tommy know how much you appreciate him? He sent me an email that there was a production that asked him to play for it, and yet the music was way outside his comfort zone. He was going to be playing stuff that he really hadn't played before. But with this theme of Courageous, he decided to give it a go. And now the play, it's called The Fantastics, and it's getting fantastic reviews. In fact, one reviewer says this. It says, to the mel melodic overture accompaniment of Tom Tomasello's piano and Ruth Ann Martinez's harp, a duo who will continue to play the score magnificently throughout the evening. Way to go, Tommy. Thank you for taking that courageous step. Amen. 
This is our year to roar. Can somebody say amen? amen? We've even, well, we have the flag we'll be flying here at Cathedral, but we also have a little flag, a mobile flag, that we've made for you to take. So you can fly it at your home or in your car or at work, reminding you to be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, we hope to have the flags. We plan to have them for this weekend, but they were delayed. But here at Cathedral, we know delays are not. Delays are not. And we'll have them for next week. Amen. So we want you to take that with you. Hope this is starting to get into your spirit. This is your year to roar. We wrap things up in our series on Daniel today with maybe the most famous story from his book, Daniel chapter 6, Daniel and the Lion's Den. Even if you haven't been to church very much, you may have heard of this story. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for this uh, amazing privilege. God, we're so grateful. You've blessed us with another day. Another day to enjoy your presence and to enjoy the life that you've blessed us with. And I, I pray for our wonderful cathedral family and friends and, and guests who are here. God, I pray that already you have been moving in this service in a powerful way. Let that just continue. And there'll be a lot of things that are said, but help us to lock in on that one thing. That we can take it, own it. It'll take us and own us, and this week our lives will be different because we've met you in this moment. That's our heart. That's our desire. All God's people said amen, amen and amen. Can we give God praise again for his goodness and his love and his presence? Hallelujah. Well, I like to speak words of faith over each other and speak words of you know, declarations about where we're headed. So before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, tell them, I'm ready to roar. Go ahead and do that. I'm ready to roar. I'm ready to roar. Cathedral of Faith, are you ready to roar? Oh, let me ask you again. Are you ready to roar? One more time. Are you ready to roar? Yeah. Speaking of lions, I heard about this one man who needed a job, and he saw that the zoo was interviewing people. So he shows up at the zoo, and here's what they needed. Their gorilla had died, and so they couldn't get a new gorilla right away. So they needed someone to dress up in the gorilla suit to entertain all the visitors that came to see the gorilla. And so the man, he loved animals. He thought this will be fun. And so he did. He dressed up in the gorilla suit and he went into the cage and he entertained the people. And well, the people were cheering. And he noticed that every time he got on the rope and he swung, the people cheered more and more. And so the higher he swung, they would cheer more. The further he swung, they would cheer more. Until eventually, he swung so far, he was over the lion's cage. And the rope breaks. 
he falls into the lion's cage, and now he, he, he breaks costume, right? Or breaks, breaks the acting, and he just starts screaming. And, and he says, help, somebody get me out of here. Help, help. And the lion corners him, moves up close to him. The lion opens up its mouth, and the man hears, shut up, pal, or we'll both lose our jobs. <laughs> What do you do when a lion is right in your face? When, when I was a kid and we heard the story about Daniel in the lion's den, what they had is they had these big felt boards. They were called flannel graphs. And they would take characters and the teacher would tell the story and she would move the characters around the felt board and so I went to our creative team, and they built for me a Silicon Valley-style flannel graph. And so with a little help from our flannel graph right back here, let's walk through the story of Daniel in Daniel chapter 6 and learn what to do when you're face-to-face -face with a lion. It all begins with what I will call a career advancement, a career advancement. Now, let's bring the characters in, and we have, well, we have the king, King Darius. We have Daniel. We have Daniel's co-workers. And let's read what the king does. The Bible says, Darius divided his kingdom into 120 states and placed a governor in charge of each one. In order to make sure that his government was run properly, Darius put three other officials in charge of the governors. One of these officials was Daniel, and he did his work so much better than the other governors and officials that the king decided to let him govern the whole kingdom. He has a promotion. Is this deja vu? All through the book of Daniel, we've been reading about him getting promoted. In chapter 2, the king there, the Bible says, presented Daniel with a lot of gifts, and he what? Promoted him. And then in chapter 5, a different king. We read of Belshazzar gave a command for Daniel to be made the third most powerful man in his kingdom and be given a purple robe and a gold chain. He gets a promotion with a little bit of bling. And then, here in chapter 6, it's another king. It's another empire entirely. The Persian Empire. And the king decides to let him govern the whole kingdom. He's promoted one more time. Daniel, by this time, is in his 80s. Are you kidding me? He's getting promoted again? Daniel should be playing golf in Palm Springs. He should be eating dinner at four in the afternoon. And yet, God was not finished with Daniel. God still had work for Daniel to do. And I want to ask you a question. I want you to think about this. Just go there with me for a little bit what if 
truly, what if your best days are not behind you? What if your best days are still ahead of you? What if there is a prayer, the most important prayer you will ever pray is still ahead of you? What if the most important piece of wisdom you will ever share is still ahead of you? What if the most important act of kindness you will ever have is still in front of you? What if the most important sermon I will ever write is still in front of me? What if the most important song you will ever write is still in front of you? What if our most important days, what if they're not behind us? What if they truly are? ahead of us. Sometimes when we think about careers and we think of peaking, I mean, some careers peak really early. Uh, For example, if you're a gymnast, I mean, your career peaks when you're in your teens. If you're a football player, your career peaks when you're in your 20s and 30s. They say that salaries generally peak when they're, well, when you're in your 40s or 50s. But when it comes to wisdom, you never really peak. You can be, well, you can have more wisdom when you're 50 than you did when you were 40. You can have more wisdom when you're 60 than you did when you were 50. You can have more wisdom when you're 70 than when you're 60. And you can have more wisdom even in your 80s. You never really peak. I found this t-shirt. I thought it was very cool. It says, that's a cool truck, and it says, old guys rule. It took decades to look this good. (laughs) I wonder if Daniel had that t-shirt. I wonder. Because Daniel keeps growing in wisdom and growing in wisdom. Even into his 80s, he still hasn't peaked. What if it's the purpose of God, not the peak in our career, but in the purpose of God, our best days are not behind us, but our best days are still ahead of us. Can somebody say amen to that? What if? Hmm. Daniel didn't even peak until after he died. Daniel shared his wisdom with other wise men in that next generation. And they shared it with the next generation of wise men. This continued for 18 generations. And then one day, a group of wise men, they looked at Daniel's wisdom. That Daniel had predicted that one day a king would come into the world whose dominion would never end. Daniel gave a timeline of when the king would show up. And Daniel even told them about a sign in the heavens that would be present when the new king appeared. And they followed that group of wise men, the wisdom of Daniel, all the way in to the Christmas story. All the way in to the nativity. They knew what they knew, the wise men from the east that showed up at the birth of Jesus, they knew what they knew because of the wisdom of Daniel. Now that is what you call having a legacy. 
a legacy. What if your best days, what if they're not behind you? What if they really are still ahead of you? I want you to affirm this to somebody. You know, look at them and say, God is not done with me yet. Go ahead and say that. God is not done with me yet. Let's declare it together. God is not done with me yet. Say it one more time. God is not done with me yet. Let's give God praise. Amen. What a story. Now, we move then to what I call professional jealousy. It's a bad case of professional jealousy. So here's Daniel in his 80s. He's getting promoted. But let's go ahead to the flannel graph and move some characters around. Let's move Daniel out, and then let's move another guy with this law in his hands. We'll move him in. Now, this group over here, this group right over here, these are the haters. Can you say that with me? The haters. Say it again. Haters that show up in Daniel's story. His co-workers, they become haters. Look at what the Bible says in Daniel chapter 6. The other men tried to find something wrong with the way Daniel did his work for the king. But they could not accuse him of anything wrong because he was honest and faithful and did everything he was supposed to do. I know you already know this, but let me remind you that when you are promoted and when you're successful and God grants you success... There are some people that are going to cheer you on and rejoice in your success. And there's other people, they're going to be haters. And they're just going to hate you because of your promotion and your success. Back in the day, one of my favorite artists was a guy by the name of Billy Joel. Do I Any other Billy Joel fans in the house? Yeah. I've got an old, I've got an album if you've never seen an album, come up after church and I'll show you what it looks like. But Billy Joel, I mean, he rocked it. When he came out, you know, with his music, I mean, his albums were, you know, they sold mass quantities. I mean, he, he filled stadiums and he was just, in fact, his music, can we just give a sample of a Billy Joel song? I said I love you. There we go. That's Okay, better stop it. There we go. I'm just feeling young again. Somebody help the pastor out. Amen. So, Billy Joel, you know, he, his last album came out 25 years ago. And I didn't know why he didn't put out any more albums. I had never heard why. I mean, he still tours and you know, sells out his, his outings. But, but here's a guy with massive creative talent. And yet he's never put out a new album. And then I read a recent interview with him in New York Magazine, and he shared part of the reason why. It was that the haters had gotten into his head. That even though he had this huge success with his albums, his early albums, lots of people bought him. The critics just savaged him. And said that his music was sappy and shallow. And he had let those words get in his head and freeze his creativity for 25 years. 
And I wonder, maybe that's where you're at this weekend. The haters' voices have gotten into your head. And it stifled your creativity. And with social media, the voice of the haters, it's even more amplified. And somehow the voice of those haters has gotten into your head. It's taken away your voice and robbed you of your roar. And God brought you here today for me to encourage you. Today is the day to take back your roar. Today is the day to get back your voice. Today is the day to amplify the most important voice of all, the voice of God. It's the voice of God that matters most in your life. Not the voice of the haters. It's the voice of God. And that you would hear the voice of God spoken over you even now. This is my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son, and who am I well pleased? If God is with you and God is for you, then it doesn't matter who or what is against you. Keep creating, keep flourishing, keep succeeding, keep getting promoted. Take back your voice. In fact, I wish I could give everybody this sign on the way out. It says, Dear haters, I have so much more for you to be mad at. Just be patient. Just be patient with me. You ain't seen nothing yet. So Daniel, here he is. He's in his 80s. He's just crushing it. And the more he's crushing it, the madder the haters get. And so they have to find a way to get him fired. I mean, it's office politics, right? We got to get this guy out of here. And so they marshal all their resources. They hack his emails. You know, they tap his phone. Uh, I mean, they set up their hidden cameras. But they can't find anything. They can't find anything to take him out. And finally, finally, they have an idea. We'll use his religion against him. And so the haters go to the king. And they stroke his ego. And they say, King, you are so great. We know you're so great. But we want everybody to know how great you really are. So would you pass this law? We have it right here. Go ahead and sign it. Pass a law that for the next 30 days, nobody can pray to anybody but you. And the king is blinded by his ego. Watch out. When people stroke your ego, it blinds him to the real intent that this is all a trap. And he signs it into the law, and now they've got him. They know they have Daniel. Because Daniel's devotion to God was so predictable. We read this of Daniel in Daniel 6, verse 10. It says... In the same way that he had always done, Daniel knelt down in prayer three times a day, giving thanks to God. Giving thanks to God. They knew they had Daniel because Daniel was so devoted to God. In fact, let's go ahead and bring him into the picture. 
Three times a day, he would give thanks to God. It was so predictable. I mean, it was like clockwork. They knew they could catch him violating the law. And I was wondering, what if tomorrow morning we woke up? I mean, we've got good city leaders. It's not going to happen. But what if tomorrow morning we woke up and the city leaders passed a law that it was illegal for you to express your devotion to God? I was wondering, would my picture end up at the post office? On the most wanted list? Or would I just get a slap on the wrist and they'd tell me to walk? I don't have enough devotion. It's an interesting question. What if our life was so predictable in our devotion to God that they knew where to catch us? Where can we catch them? Well, we know in the morning where they'll be. First thing in the morning, they read their Bible. We can catch them doing that. Or they knew at lunch what we'll be doing. We know that every lunch they pray over their lunch. We can catch them doing that. Or at 11.45, we know where they'll be. They'll be in the same seat they're always in at the Cathedral of Faith. We can catch them there. What if our devotion was so predictable? They knew where to catch us. God, help us to have that kind of devotion. And help us to stand strong. I want to be that guy who stands strong for his faith even when it's not easy. Who stands strong in his faith even when it's not popular. Who stands strong in his faith even when potentially the lion's den is right around the corner. I want to stand strong like one young lady who's a part of our church, her name is Crystal, and Crystal's right here. She's a part of our dance team, and when she was young, her family moved to Saudi Arabia for work. Now, when you're a Christian and you move to Saudi Arabia, that's a courageous thing to do. And then they did something else. They opened up their home as a meeting place for the underground church. In Saudi Arabia, that is a courageous thing to do. And Crystal, when she was 14 years old, her and a couple friends, they started a Bible study at their school in Saudi Arabia. That is a courageous thing to do. In a country where there's no religious freedom, where the threat of persecution is hanging right over your head, they stood strong in a difficult situation. I want to rub shoulders with them and let their courage rub off on me. Can we give God praise, amen, for that kind of courage? Stand strong in your faith. Stand strong. Say that with me. Stand strong. Now, that brings us to the last part of the story and what I call the lion tamer. The lion tamer. And let's go back. Again, to our board, and let's bring in some characters. Here's the king, Daniel. They throw Daniel into the lion's den, and there are the lions. Daniel lands hard, <laughs> and then he gets back up. Imagine with me 
just for a moment, imagine what it would be like if you were thrown into a pit and on your way down, you saw all of these hungry lions waiting for you. I once had a, an opportunity to interview a lion tamer with his lion. In fact, I interviewed him right here on stage. We were doing a series on the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, and so he brought the lion in, and it was one of the most memorable interviews I've ever done. At our cameraman, Joseph, right over here, well, he put out a piece of tape where I was supposed to stay during the interview, and on the piece of tape, he wrote, lunch. <laughs> Thank you, Joseph. Yeah. And so I'm standing here, and the interview was great. I learned all kinds of interesting things. It was quite a lion, this lion Jacob. And at the end of the interview, the lion started walking toward me. Now, he had told me before we did the interview, if the lion approaches you, don't run away, because then his instinct kicks in, and he can run 50 miles an hour. You're not making it to the door. So you just need to stand still. So I'm right over here, done with the interview. The lion gets up and walks over to me, and he presses his head up against my leg like a big cat. And you know me and cats, right? They're just not my thing. A lion like Jacob weighs over 400 pounds, runs 50 miles an hour. When he roars, you can hear it five miles away. And his claws are as strong as carbon fiber and they're sharp, and he's got 18 of them. Imagine what it would have been like falling into a pit with all of these hungry lions. Well, back to our story. You know, Daniel is thrown into the pit of lions, and the king, well, let's go to the flannel graph. The king puts a, a stone over the pit. He goes away. He comes back the next morning, and he wants to see if Daniel's still alive because he liked Daniel. He didn't want to throw him into the lion's den, but he'd been tricked into making this stupid law. And so he calls out to Daniel to see if he's still alive, and this is what Daniel says. Daniel says, your majesty, I hope you live forever. My God knew that I was innocent. And he sent an angel to keep the lions from eating me. Can somebody say amen to that? Your majesty, I've never done anything to hurt you. And the king is so happy. Let's bring in, well, let's move some characters around one more time. So happy to see Daniel. He's so mad at the accusers, he throws them into the lion's den. And this is what happens. Can anybody say lunch? Can anybody say lunch? The Bible says before they hit the ground, the lions tore them apart. Pretty intense stuff. What was the key to keep Daniel from being devoured? The key is found in verse 23. It says, Daniel, can we go to the next scripture? 
Daniel's faith in his God had kept him from being harmed. Can we say that again? Can we all say it together? Amen. Daniel's faith in his God had kept him from being harmed. His faith, it didn't keep him from going into the lion's den. His faith was the reason he was thrown into the lion's den. But it kept him from being devoured. And somebody needs to know that today. Because right now you feel like you're in the lion's den. That you are surrounded. And that you're about to be devoured in the worst kind of way. And I want to encourage you to keep the faith. Keep the faith in a faithful God. Because God is able to shut the mouths of the lions, to deliver you out of the pit, and to give you a testimony that makes all of those who hear it stand in awe. I mean, look at the king, the most powerful man in the world. When he sees what God has done for Daniel, the king's a pagan, but he becomes a believer because of the miracle in Daniel's life. And look at what he commands. He says, I command everyone in my kingdom to worship and honor the God of Daniel. Talk about a turnaround. He is the living God, the one who lives forever. His power and his kingdom will never end. He rescues people and sets them free by working great miracles. He rescues people and sets them free by working great miracles. I want to say it again. He rescues people and sets them free by working great miracles. You can't have a great miracle unless you need a great miracle. So today, if you're in the lion's den, you're a candidate for a great miracle because he's still the God who rescues people, sets them free, and works great miracles. As Nia gets ready to sing just a, a closing song that's going to wrap the sermon and the series up. You know, this was the first lion's den. But it wasn't the last. The Bible says that Satan is like a lion that roams around seeking whom he may devour. And that Satan and his pride of lions, they tried to devour Jesus. They nailed him to a cross and stuck him into a tomb. Now, one phrase that you see in the story of Daniel is that when they threw Daniel into the lion's den, a stone was rolled over the pit, and it was sealed. And when Jesus was thrown into the lion's den, what happened? A stone was rolled in front of the tomb, and it was sealed. And the lions were roaring, you know, the devil's roaring, the demons are roaring, death itself is roaring. But then on the third day, the great lion, the lion of Judah, shut the mouths of the other lions. And he came back to life and stepped out of that grave and he roared. And because the great lion lives on the inside of us, we too can roar. In 2020, this is our year to roar because of Jesus Christ, the great lion, the lion of Judah. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah.
Are you ready to roar, Cathedral? Are you ready to roar? I want you to stand with me, please, for just a moment and close your eyes. And Let me just ask a couple of questions. And let, let's have some affirmations here today. If you would say, Pastor Ken, uh, just being real, this is a place where I can be real. None of us are perfect. The way I've been looking at my life is that my best days were behind me. But I realized that God's not finished with me yet. And I'm standing in faith. God moves us from grace to grace, faith to faith, and glory to glory. And from a kingdom point of view, my best days are still ahead of me. Just lift up your hand if that's, that's you today. You're making that declaration. If you would say, Pastor Ken, the haters have gotten into my head. And because of that, I'm just paralyzed. But today, I'm going to listen to a different voice. I'm going to amplify the voice of God in my mind. And if that's the decision you're making to take back your roar, lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. I'm taking back my roar. Or, or you would say, Pastor Ken, where I'm at, I feel like I'm in the lion's den. And I'm about to be devoured. I need God to rescue me, and I'm standing in faith that I serve a God who rescues his people, sets them free, and works great miracles. Lift up your hand real high and say, Pastor Ken, that's me. God, you see our hands, you see our hearts. I declare today that our people at Cathedral of Faith, that we would be encouraged by the breath of your spirit, encourage us to leave here with faith in our hearts, courage in our hearts, to engage life, to engage the year with courage and strength because you are with us and you are for us. And we ask this in Jesus' name for Jesus' glory. All God's people said, amen. amen. Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. As she comes to sing, uh, here, yeah, let's give her a great big welcome. Nia. It's so great to have you with us, and, and I'll tell you, this is one of those songs you got to stand up on because you just can't sit down during this song, and as she leads us in this song, just let this be the moment you're taking back your roar in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Put your hands together. Used to bite my tongue and hold my breath, scared to rock the boat and make a mess. So I sit quietly, agree politely. I guess that I forgot I had a choice. I let you put me past the breaking point. I stood for nothing, so I fell for everything. You held me down, but I got up. Already brushing off the dust You hear my voice, you hear that sound Like thunder gonna shake the ground You held me down, but I got up Get ready, cause I've had enough I see it all, I see it now I've got the eye of the tiger
singing like a bee, I learned my stripes. I went from zero to my own hero. You held me down, but I got up. Already brushing off the dust. You hear my voice, you hear that sound. Like thunder gonna shake the ground. You held me down, but I got up. Get ready, cause I've had enough. You've seen you 